0: great to be with you today. It's good to be back in the States and especially good to be in my home, home house here, my local community. Um, Great prophetic word this morning by Pastor Jonathan there, just here in the Holy Spirit and the things that God is saying. Uh, you know, Holy Spirit uh, is here and Holy Spirit dwells here. He doesn't visit here. He dwells here. Uh, The very last thing that God said in the Old Testament was through the prophet Malachi, uh, which his name meant messenger. And so the prophet's name was messenger. And the last thing that God said to the messenger was, my people don't understand who I am. Uh, They don't see me as father. They don't live for my purpose and my will, but I'm going to fix it. I'm sending my messenger. And his messenger was not Jesus. Jesus was the message that carried the messenger that made it possible for you to carry the messenger also. Without the messenger, you cannot be a message. And the messenger is Holy Spirit. God does not live in temples made by human hands, not even the ones that he said were good ones, meaning the shadow of what would come. He doesn't live in the tabernacle of Moses. He doesn't live in the temple of, in the the tent of David. He doesn't live in the temple of Solomon. He doesn't live in any church structure, but he lives in human form. He became one of us, moved into the neighborhood, filled with the Holy Spirit so that anyone in every neighborhood can be filled with the Holy Spirit and can be a temple of God's presence. He makes his messengers winds, and he makes his ministers flames of fire. He causes you to be a message of Holy Spirit, and he causes you to be a tender to the manifest presence of his fire. He lives in his house. So I'm going to talk to you about the fires of God today. I've been blogging on this in my Monday blogs. But we are lamps of Holy Spirit in our world, both individually and corporately. We are lamps of Holy Spirit. And it takes seven lamps to reveal the fullness, the perfecting realities of Holy Spirit in our lives. And he is in our lives so that we will shine in this world. There's a shadow of this in Exodus 27, 20, and 21. It talks about what was necessary in the tabernacle of Moses that the children of Israel were to make this lamp and this lamp would be a testimony of God's presence it would be the illumination of his light in the tabernacle and that was just the shadow of what is real what was real in heaven cast a shadow to the earth And it was prophetically implemented in the earth to prophesy, to prophesy, to prophesy. Let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your fire in heaven come on earth. Let your life in heaven come on earth. And so the tabernacle of Moses was prophesying. And then God's presence vanished from that tent, from that tabernacle. And King David said, we've got to have God's presence. So he pitched a tent in Zion, in Jerusalem, and that tent was prophesying. Let the presence of God come in human form. Let the presence of God come in human form. And then Solomon rebuilt the temple, thinking that he was the son that was prophesied about in David's life. But the true son that was prophesied in David's life was Jesus the only begotten of the Father. He became one of us. We're celebrating this time of the year. We have a tradition. We call it Christmas, a mass for Christmas. Uh, a, A testimony, a celebration of Christ has come to us, whether it was literally the date. I actually think this was a pagan date that Jesus messed up. I love how Jesus just messes up the enemy always. By the way, I'm not anti-anything. David, you know, Jonathan posted some one of my statements. Anytime you are anti-something, you're taking a step into deception. I'm not anti-antichrist. I'm Christ. I'm not anti-darkness. I'm light. I'm not anti-sickness. I'm healing. God is not anti-anything. Matter of fact, the devil is not trying to destroy you. You are mandated to destroy him in your life, so he's defending himself against you. He's anti-you, but you're not anti-him. You're a son or a daughter of God. That's who you are. You're a temple of Holy Spirit, and the fire of God burns in you. In Malachi, it says of this messenger, he'll be a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap. Actually, the Fuller's soap, it's a specific kind of soap, the kind of soap that washes the bloody garments of the priests of the old covenant. I mean, you got to have some good soap for that, to wash off the sacrifice of the animals. The stain of sin in your life can only be washed away by the presence of Holy Spirit's love. And the testimony of a refiner's fire, he knows who you really are. He's burning in you to cause you to respond to God rightly, to act like God, and to be a testimony of Christ in the earth. When Jonathan was prophesying this morning, I last year I, I heard you know that it was a year of new strength and there would be unexpected turns. Man, I had so many unexpected turns last year. But God said. Approach the unexpected turns with the sound of my voice. I'm great, I'm good, and my mercy endures forever. So remember that don't react, only act. And I've had an amazing year where unexpected turns have ended up being things that have turned toward his glory. But I heard something this morning. I heard God say that 2024 is a year of unexpected glory. Unexpected glory. Better than you thought. Amazing things. So, anyway, the fire of God. So, to be holy, we must embrace the fire of God. That's Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, notice I leave the word the off Holy Spirit most of the time because we tend to weaken him. He's Holy Spirit, he's person, he's God, he's in you. So, the fire of being is the first fire of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk to you about seven fires the fire of being loved. The fire of being loved. It's a relationship with God of knowing him. This is eternal life to know God. Every morning I, you know, I I pray for my family. I, I did my run this morning. I beat the rain, got a little misted. Not too bad. And in my run, I prayed for the fire of being loved. I prayed for my children, my grandchildren. I prayed for my friends that they would know the fire of being loved. God, right now in this room, to be your message, we need the fire of being loved. We were born to be loved by you. Anybody listening online, you were not born to be right. You were born to be loved. You were born to be on fire with being loved by God. See, God is a consuming fire. He gets your attention. He makes it so there's no more distractions. Nothing can get your attention more because he's an all-consuming fire. You got me. You got me. You know, Moses turned to find the presence of God in a bush, not because a bush was on fire, but because a bush didn't burn up when it was on fire. There are many fires in the wilderness. So Moses wasn't attracted to fire. He was intrigued by the fact there was a bush on fire and it didn't burn up. You're on fire. Did you know you're on fire and you don't burn up? (laughs) You become more passionate. You were born to be loved by God. Now, in Revelation, which is a revelation of Jesus Christ, by the way, it's a revelation of Jesus in the place that is, the place that was, the place that will be. It's not a prophetic book that hasn't come to pass. It's foundational in the place that is, the place that was, the place that will be. Very first chapter, he's standing in the midst of your life. If you haven't figured that out yet, he's the voice that motivates you, invites you to turn and see him. He's the voice in your life that inspires you to turn, and when you see him, something in you changes. He's the voice that assures you and confirms to you that you've been washed by his blood. You've been sanctified, set apart your kings and priests unto his name. He eternally loves you, and he lives in your life. That's a revelation of Jesus in an introduction. And then you come into chapter 2 and chapter 3. There's seven letters, and there's seven fires. The first letter is to the church of Ephesus. Ephesus means desirable. It means the same thing as the word Eden. Now, this particular letter is to a church that is wonderful at working in the garden. They know how to work in the garden. The, their works are things like this. They, they've, they've labored. When you read the letter, you'll find out they've labored. They've had patience. They hate evil. They've tested what's true, what's not true. They've persevered. They've had patience. They've labored. They know how to pull weeds. They know how to cultivate dirt. They know how to work in a garden. They're garden workers. They know the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. Come on, that's right, Connie. They know how to work in a garden. They hate evil, but they forgot this. God hates evil too. And they forgot the point of the garden. You see, the garden is your life. Your life is Eden. Your life is paradise. You've been given a gift. It's your life. And the devil's been lying to you. He's been telling you, you, you've been so focused on weeds in your garden, you've missed the point of your garden. You see, your life has been given to you so that you can know God's love. He walks in your garden every day. He wants to walk with you. He wants to hear your story. He wants to love you at the end of your day, not just at the beginning of your day. He wants you to know paradise, which is a place where you eat of the tree of life every day. The point of the garden is not pulling weeds. I'll never forget, I was working in my garden one day, and Connie, you know those weeds that have the roots that are like that long? They grow really good here in the Northwest. I got a hold of one of those one day underneath one of my strawberry plants and I ripped that thing out and it came all the way out oh man I mean I almost got drunk in the Holy Ghost right there just pulled that weed out it just came out and then the Holy Spirit said to me you know the good news for your garden is not that you just pulled that weed he said the good news is you're in your garden and if that weed comes back you'll pull it again you see don't get so focused on hating evil that you missed the point of your life. And trust the one who loves you because he hates evil too. So let him take care of the stuff and let him love you. Oh, God, would you give us the fire of being loved by you? No, every day, give us the fire right now. Light us on fire to know your love. We were born to be loved by you. I want my children, my grandchildren, my friends, I want my my enemies to know they were born to be loved. It's Probably why they're an enemy in the first place. They think life's so filled with weeds. I mean, you get tired after a while, laboring and hoeing and digging. <laughs> but your life is paradise. Now, I'm going to say that again in the the spirit. Your life is paradise. It's a place to eat the tree of life. You've been given a season, a boundary, and your life is so that you can know God living with you. Anything the enemy intends for evil, the one who loves you can take care of it. Then there's a second fire. The second letter in Revelation is to a church called Smyrna, which means myrrh, which is burial oil. It implies suffering. One of the gifts that was given to Jesus in his baby birth was a gift of myrrh. Well, let's give the gift of suffering to the little child. What a wonderful gift! Okay, but you know what? This church of Smyrna they are given a a gift of being able to have no fear. You know what casts out all fear? Perfect love. Perfect love casts out all fear. See the fire of being loved enables you to have the fire of loving God. Oh, the fire of loving God, overcoming all fear of death. Love does whatever is necessary, and thus it will physically manifest that love in actions of our lives. Love makes sacrifices, not sacrifices to get love, but sacrifices because I know how much I am loved. Oh, I love you. I like my granddaughter and I, we were at the house and and she looks at me and she says, Gopa, you're in my heart. And I say, you're in my heart. See, Now, you know, when you know you're loved, then it's easy to make sacrifices from your heart for the one who loves you. God loves you. Let the fire of loving you burn in our hearts. In this particular uh, chapter, the church of Smyrna, which is, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. It's not just a prophetic church of the first century. It's the church that is, the church that was, the church that will ever be. It's your life. It's my life. He wants us to know that our life is like paradise, a place to be loved by God, but then we're also a place that makes sacrifices that speak of our love for him. I'm on fire for you, God. God, I'm on fire for you. I'm on fire for my loved ones. I'm on fire. I'll make sacrifices for you. In this particular chapter, there are those who say they are Jews and are not. A true Jew is someone who's circumcised of heart, someone who no longer lives with the fleshly desires and the fleshly fears. Well, when am I going to get mine? No, I'm willing to lose my life. Why? I know I'm simply saving it. I lay it down. I'm only finding it. You see, no death has any power over me. The overcoming promise is not even the second death has any power over you or me. You cannot die. You cannot die. The Bible actually teaches two deaths. By the way, the Bible actually teaches that everyone is written in the book of life, but you could be blotted out. Doesn't teach Come to Jesus so your name will be written in the book of life. It teaches come to Jesus. It's a guarantee your name can never be blotted out. But the Bible teaches you got a lifetime to make sure your name doesn't get blotted out. And by the way, since your life is paradise, it's a garden. You shouldn't waste any time not experiencing him in the garden of your life. (laughs) Okay. And then not even the second death. There's a first death. It's been appointed to all men to die once. Okay. Did you do that? I did. I died once in Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 5 says I died in Christ. So the life that I now live, I live by faith. Okay, So that was, it was appointed to die once. But because the one who died once for me cannot die, that means there is no second death for me. Do you get it? The one who died once for me, because it's appointed to all men to die once, and then the curse of the fall is from dust you came to dust you return, but the blessing of heaven is from glory to glory he's changing you. And the corruptible, what? Puts on the incorruptible. So there's nothing but life. All those who have received Jesus have passed from death to life. The time is coming, and now is when the dead will hear God and live. That was now. You were dead. But now you're alive. So this fire, the second death, has no power over you. And and it simply says in this chapter that you're, you're tested for 10 days. Now, when you see something like that tested for ten days, I think I'm going to go read Star Wars and see if I can figure that out. Uh tested for ten days. I think I'll read Battlestar of Galactica and see if I can understand what that is. I think I'll study I'll go on the social internet and see if I can find what does ten days mean. Probably a good place to go to would be where your Bible let's see. Was anyone tested for ten days? Oh. Daniel, Hannah, and am Azariah—they were tested for ten days in Babylon. They had they had experienced the death of the Jewish dream. What did the death of the Jewish dream look like? Well, you're no longer living in the country of Judah. You're now taken captive into Babylon, and guess what? You went through a surgical operation that made it so you can't have babies. Whoa! Wow! My hopes and dreams. my future. But they didn't let that shake them. They went to school, a Babylonian school, for three years to learn the Babylonian language, the Babylonian culture, the Babylonian customs. But in the midst of that, they said, we have to be faithful to our God. So they said, give us the vegetables and give us the water. They weren't proclaiming to become a vegetarian. And if you're a vegetarian, great, that's fine. But that's not what the lesson is here. The lesson is they stayed in faith. What do we have faith for? Well, we'll take your vegetables and we'll take your water. You don't need to go to Jerusalem. Just give us your vegetables and your water. We got faith for that. And we'll be true to our God with your vegetables and water. And after 10 days, they proved to be wiser than anyone else because they had faith toward God. And they lived for 70 years in that captivity And we're part of the prayer team that transitioned the 70 years of captivity to the beginning of 70 weeks of restoration. What a wonderful prayer team Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were. Greatly misunderstood by the Babylonians. Called them Belshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. That's just Babylonian confusion. But who were they? They were people who said, God is my judge. That's Daniel. Oh, I'll receive anything that God gives. That's Hananiah. I'm in awe of God. I'll do anything he says. That's Mishael. And I don't know anything. I'm totally dependent on God. That's Azariah. Okay. That's what it means to to love God. So I'm just uh, simply say, God, give us this second fire of loving you. Would you give us the fire of being loved by you? Let us know it increasingly. The tectonic plates are shifting so that we can know how much you love us and we can love you. We're not afraid of 2024. Perfect love has cast out all fear. Not even the second death has any power over us. Therefore, any minor death in between now and then doesn't stand a chance against love. I was not only born to be loved, I was born again to love. The fire of loving you. Then we come to a third fire. Woo! The fire of response. Responding to God. You know, whatever is high in your life and you respond to is what determines what you become. That's why the principle of tithe is so important. Because whatever, see, tithe is not an offering. Tithe is a response. Now, tithe is not limited to finance. Tithe is, what are you going to do now that Melchizedek gave you bread and wine? Now that the king of righteousness and the king of peace gave you some heavenly substance, what are you going to do? Now, you don't give a response to this Melchizedek guy so that he'll bless what you have. Now, the response is a 10%. What does 10 mean? Well, you were tested for 10 days. Symbolically, what does 10 mean? It's a judgment of love. Ten commandments. A judgment of love. Because God loves you, you can love him. Tested 10 days. Okay, so now responding to God with 10%, that's why 10% is the prophecy. 8% is not a prophecy. 11% is not a prophecy. 2% is not a prophecy. 10% is. 10% prophesies. 10% is saying, I'm giving a gratuity. I'm giving a judgment of love because I just recognized you gave me just a gratuity of what you've got, sir. See, when Abram, by the way, in Bible, the very first person that is mentioned tithing is a guy named Abram. Abel's not tithed. Abel was first fruit and the best. The first tithe incident is Abram. Who was Abram in heaven? There's a question mark behind that. Anybody know? Somebody said it. Say it louder. Thank you. Abraham. He was Abraham in heaven. How long had he been Abraham in heaven? Forever. In heaven, he was forever Abraham. They never knew him in heaven as Abram. I don't know, maybe the angels got confused. Oh, we're going to go to Abram. Oh, you mean that guy that's really Abraham and just doesn't know it? You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. You think you know who you are, but you greatly define yourself by the natural circumstances of your life. You came out grabbing somebody's heel, and they named you Jacob, but in heaven you've been Israel forever. You came out being the father of a nation, and you can't even have babies. But in heaven, you're the father of many nations. You see, you don't know what your true identity is, inside or out. But in heaven, it's known. Angels know it. God knows it. And so who are you going to respond to? Because whoever you respond to determines what you become in the earth. If you respond to any created thing, you become less than who you're created to be. Whatever you respond to with a gratuity of love. <laughs> so this is the church of Pergamus, which means higher elevation, higher elevation, higher than me. And Jesus is the one who has the sharp two-edged sword, love God, love people. But they hold on to the doctrine of Balaam. Balaam is a taker. Balaam's a false prophet who tried to teach King Balak. He says, I can't curse God's people, but they can curse themselves. So why don't you get your daughters and dress them up in bikinis and put them close enough where the Boys can see them, and maybe they'll fall in love, get married, and bring false gods into the camp, and then they'll curse themselves. That's pretty much what happened, <laughs> huh? Oh, including the bikinis. They were the bikinis of the day. They were the. They were the. They were the bikinis of the time. Whatever those were. <laughs> I don't have pictures. You'll have to ask when you get to heaven. See if you can see the video. But they, they, and and so, so they, they wanted. To, they, they held to the doctrine of Balaam. In other words, they're they're willing to make compromises to get something. Meet my needs. Meet my needs. Meet my needs. Their responses in life are based on meet my needs. Meet my needs. What meets my need? What meets my need? What meets my need? What meets my need? The second thing they have is they hold on to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which are carnal indulgers, desires. Meet my needs, meet my desires. Meet my needs, meet my desires. What do I respond to? Oh, whatever meets my needs, whatever meets my desires. Whatever feeds my desires. If I respond to the things that meet my needs and the things that fulfill my desires, then I'm going to become something less than whom I really am. I I need the fire of response. I'm going to give you a little illustration. (laughs) You know what that is? That's a response to the one that I can't figure out. The overcoming promise when you respond to Holy Spirit, the gratuity in your life. When you respond to Holy Spirit in your life, the testimony is you are given hidden manna, hidden manna inside of you. What does manna mean? Anybody know? What is it? Pastor knows. What is it? Inside of you, you're going to receive every day a what is it? Do you know what it is? No, you don't. It's a what is it? If you're living on something less than a, I don't know what it is, you're going to become something less than who you're meant to be. You need every I a, uh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> every day I need to respond to the, I don't know what that was. And by the way, if you get offended by what I just did as an illustration, you want the interpretation? I'm a teacher. I'm here to equip you. I gave you an illustration. So I'm not decent and out of order. By the way, I've never had any unbeliever. any. Oh, they say, I've never had anybody who doesn't know what to believe yet really get offended by tongues. But I've had a lot of religious people who decide to be unbelieving. Get offended, okay? Now, so then the second thing you receive is a white stone with a name on it that only you know. What? Only you know it. He's changing you, isn't he? When you respond to him, he changes you inside and he changes you outside. He changes you to become a substance of the word and a testimony of the spirit. And, and who knows it? Well, you know it. Oh, you don't know how much he's changed me. I do. Every time I look in the mirror, woo thank you, Jesus. I'm going to respond to you again today. I'm going to respond to the creator, not creation, because only the creator, Holy Spirit, who was brooding over the face of the deep in the very beginning, only responding to Holy Spirit can make me become who God says I am. Who am I? I don't know, but he knows. So I'm going to have a lifestyle of the fire of responding to him. Oh, Holy Spirit, give us the fire of being loved by you, the fire of being loved by God. Let us all know it. Give us the fire of loving you, God. Give us the fire of responding to you. Okay? Next fire, the fire of giving life to others. It's the the fourth letter is to the church of, of um, Thyatira, which means sacrifice, labor of love, and it also means perfume. Like, whoa, what was that? I That was a labor of love. Did you smell it? That was a labor of love. That was, whoa, that was refreshing. It's not obnoxious perfume. It's delightful perfume. It's actually the perfume of authority. You see, authority never takes. Authority gives. Now, let me help you find your authority. Anointing doesn't give you authority. Anointing serves authority. Gifting doesn't give you authority. Okay? Most men are anointed to have babies, but in our culture, most men need to keep the zipper up on their anointing until they have the authority to have babies, and then there'll be more families. Okay, now let me go another step. Most believers in Christ have an anointing to be a testimony of Christ, but most believers in Christ or many believers in Christ need to keep their zipper up on their anointing until they have the authority to carry that anointing so that family is produced and not ministry. I had a pastor come to me one time in Bulgaria. He came to me and, and he said, oh, I'm not going to be a part of a church anymore. I'm just going to do training. I just I love the anointing. I'm going to help people. And and I said, so you're telling me you, you, uh, you love sex, but you don't want to take any responsibility for babies. Is that right? He said, what? I said, you just told me you love sex, but you don't want to take and responsibility for babies. By the way, if you're having offense with what I'm saying here, you should read the Bible. (laughs) That book, wow, it's got some detailed stuff. But anyway, (laughs) I mean, stuff like you thought you were with child. She say, move on. Anyway, my wife says, don't tell that story. You just have to read, get the book, get the book. I'm just telling you, get the book and read it. Get the book and read it. You'll be surprised. Anyway, (coughs) where am I at? See, I got distracted now with my rabbit trail. Uh, Help me, where was I? Oh, yeah, the zipper up thing, anointing. Thank you. So, thank you. So, So, the idea is anointing doesn't give you authority, authority is connected to responsibility. Okay, now, what are you responsible for? Do you have a life? I hope so. Well, then you're responsible for that. Do you have some people that are in your life that are friends or children or neighbors? or Who's in your life? Who's in your sphere? Who are the divine connections that God has put in your world? Jesus prayed for those that were in his world. And by doing that, he gave his life for the whole world. But John 17 says he only gave his life. He only prayed for those that God gave him. So who has God given you? That's your responsibility. You are able to respond there. And how do you respond? You're a giver of life. You're the giver of life to your world. Oh, my world's a little dysfunctional. Fantastic. You are a giver of life. You're, You're the answer. You can give life. Oh, you got the fire of giving life to others. You're like a perfume. You're like a labor of love. And the one who's got eyes of fire and feet of brass, by the way, you know, what, what happens when Jesus looks at a problem? Woof. He's got eyes of fire. Woof. Whatever can. You, 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 authority just looks at it and woof. Whatever can burn, burns. You got any trouble in your life? Okay, look at it right now. Woof. Woof. You got fire in your eyes, and you've already been judged. You're standing in the love of God to be a love giver, a life giver to your world. Okay, the overcoming promise is you're given a rod of iron. A rod, that means you don't compromise in being a life giver. It's not a rod of iron that. Uh, by the by, the way, the rod is is one of the instruments that comforts you. But your rod is not a rod of compromise. It's a rod of iron. It's not a judgment that destroys. It's a judgment that destroys what destroys. Life destroys death. Whoa. Try an experiment tonight because it gets dark early now and you don't want to have to stay up too late to do this. But, you know, go to a room of your house where you can close the curtains and let it get really dark and just turn the light on. See what happens. Do it. I mean, just get the darkest place in your room and turn the light on and watch. Look what happens to the room. Just try it. Do, do it a few times until you get drunk in the spirit, you know. Just go to a, go to a closet. Go to the secret place of your house with, oh, with all that stuff is stash. Go in there, <laughs> the closet where your stuff is. Go to your stuff room and, and shut the door and then get a, take, take a light and just turn it on. Turn it on and watch what happens to darkness. It's amazing. I mean, golly, it just disappears. You see, you're given the ministry of the morning star. You're given the ability not to compromise in being a life giver. You were born to give life to others. You have the fire of being loved, the fire of loving God, the fire of responding to God, and the fire of giving life to others. And how do you know who to give life to? Who's in your world? It's got to do with responsibility. It doesn't even have to do with your gifting or your anointing, but your gifting and your anointing will serve it. Those are tools that help you. <laughs> and it's fantastic. You're awesomely gifted. You're awesomely anointed. It'll help you in your areas of responsibility. You're a life giver. You are light. See, I'm able to give life to my world. Just find a dark closet, turn it on. It'll be one of your activations. Okay, the next one is this, is the fire of being. The fire of being. This one is easy peasy. If you could just be. Okay, okay so now if we... Well, this one's kind of like this. It's the church of Sardis, which means prince of joy. It's got to do with the manifest presence of God. In the presence of the Lord, there's the fullness of joy. Okay? And this church, they're they're kind of uh, falling asleep. Uh, and The only thing that would wake them up maybe would be things that poke and prick them, but they're told, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up! Wake up means be alive, spirit of might, resurrection life. Wake up. When you have a, a, a feast, a big meal, um, and you have everybody bring food, you hope that everybody brings the food that they can make. You know what I mean? The food that's like, the, the food that makes you wake up, you know? The food that like, whoa, man, you made that. Woo! Awesome. And sometimes, you know, some meals need food and drinks. Some people who bring food, they're really meant to be the people who bring drinks. (laughs) Some people who bring drinks choose the wrong drinks, and other people who should bring the plates, you know what I'm saying? Well, to have a feast, we need plates, we need utensils, we need drinks, we need food, but we should be—we should be us, you know. If you've been bringing that casserole, and every time you go home, there's ninety-five percent of the casserole is left, it, it, that, it's not a shame or a condemnation. You just aren't—you aren't being you. You aren't being you. You—you're you, trying to be—you you, know—you're trying to be Mrs. Smith, and you're not, you know. Somebody else makes that casserole. <laughs> oh, are they no? I like I have I oh, I haven't had a casserole. I haven't had a casserole in 40 50 years. I mean no. I don't see, see. Anyway. Tater tots. Tater tots, okay, know. <laughs> so this one is where you get to be clothed in white. You can be clothed in the works that God says you are, the garment that defines who you are, the fire of being you, the fire of being you. And then you know what? God confesses you. You're confessed before the, the Father. Why? You're a son. You're a daughter. That's why you're confessed before the Father. And then you're confessed before angels. Why are you confessed before angels? What does angel mean? Anybody know what does angel mean? Basics angel. anybody know what angel means you should get this one down I'm gonna do a smarter than a fifth grader class come on you've been uh, you've been believers long enough you should know what the word angel means send one thank you David a good it was a stab see you had it on the first one Didn't you want you want the first one your first one your first thought what have I taught you the first thoughts usually God the second thought that's you okay Third thought's the demon you invite to get in with you. Okay, but the first thought is generally God. So, yeah, messenger. Did you know that there are spirits that are messenger spirits? But did you know you're also a sent one? You're a sent one. Angels are sent ones. You're a sent one. What makes you a sent one? You're a son. You're a daughter of God. That makes you a sent one. That's why you're confessed before the Father and before angels, because you're a sent one. You're a sent one. You're clothed in Christ. You're clothed in Christ. God, give us the fire of being life in our world so that we can be confessed before you, clothed in the testimony of resurrection life. Ah, I am a sent one. Amy, you're a sent one. Not because of what you do, just because of who you are. Hey, whoa, here I am. I'm confessed before angels. I'm a sent one. See, I got some angels that work with me. Faith is an angel that works with me. Teresa knows my angels. I got three angels that work with me. Why does faith work with me? Because I have a gift of faith. I help you see things you couldn't see before. Am I helped anybody in this room see things that you couldn't see before? Anybody? One, two people? Come on, somebody. Okay. So, you know know what? There are angels in heaven that agree with that. Okay. I also have a gift of passion. Okay. I'm a little crazy, but I got a gift of passion. Why? You, by the way, you know who God says I am? Can you guess who I am? I am his fire. I'm God's fire. I'm his fire. I am God's fire. I'll illuminate for you to see what you couldn't see before and then I will torch you. I will light you on fire baby and you'll dare to believe for something you couldn't believe before. Yeah, those are two of them. We'll leave the third one out right now. But <laughs> And then the next one is the so this fire of being is simply walking in these works that are prepared for you in Christ. You're a sent one. And then the fire of community, the fire of community, the fire of family. It's living as a pillar of God's presence in the earth and being with someone who loves and lives for God and his family, loves and lives for God and his family. This is the church of Philadelphia means brotherly love and Jesus is seen in this church as the one who's holy. He's got, he's holy, he's true. Did you know you're holy and you're true? And he gives the keys of David that opens doors that no one can shut and shuts doors that no one can open. You know what that is about? That's about, what what is David known for? Come on. Well, worship, okay, worship is known for. What other things is David known for? Man after God's heart? Okay, what else is is David known for? Huh? Bathsheba. That, that's, the, that's the negative side of David. That's, a, that's true. That is true. And actually, that'll lead to the point that I'm trying to get to, Deb, because David, David is famous for Bathsheba. Okay. Because it says of David he knew the sure mercies of God. That's how he knows doors that can't be opened and doors that can't be closed. Why? God's love, the sure mercies of God. That enabled him to have a heart after God. That enabled David to end up different than what he started, okay? Now, the the overcoming promise of this fire of community This is knowing. This is the fire that's burning in the earth right now, like really, really big. It's been burning for 23 years. It's been birthing and burning. There's another fire that's emerging right now, but there's a fire. This is the fire of community, the fire of family. This is why um, ministry doesn't work so well anymore. Family members that minister works really well. Love works better than power. And powerful love does supernatural things. Okay, so the overcoming promise is the name of God gets written on you, the love for God, and the name of the new Jerusalem which comes out of heaven, not the one you're trying to escape to, but the one that actually is constantly coming in your life. Salem vision of peace, no gap between you and God. A love for God, a love for his people, and knowing God as your father. That's this fire of community. So we're almost done, and then I'm just going to do a little prayer for us here. Okay? The final fire is the fire of purpose and destiny. Mm. Get ready for this fire, because this fire is kind of under the crust. And they'll take some hmm, tectonic plate shifts for this fire to emerge. And this fire of purpose and destiny destiny is a partnership with Jesus as the body of Christ. It's a partnership of Eve and Adam. It's an awe of God. It's to be consumed with zeal for God's glory, where we can partner with him in all things and reign in life. Now, this is to the church of Laodicea which is the seventh letter. Now, Laodicea means just people. And in the day that Jesus came, this was the manifestation of the condition of the people of God. They had come to a Laodicea manifestation, which meant they were just people. So we could take that in English. We can say that in a couple of ways. We could say they're just people, self-righteous, I'm just I've got a government of righteousness. I'm just or just people. And either way is an accurate translation of what happens when you don't have an awe of God and a partnership with God. When God, you're not inviting God to partner with you in your life and you're not partnering with him and consumed with the zeal of his house. So you end up being either self-righteous and you live on a justice that kills and then you, you pretend that's the fear of the Lord and you're just trying to make people afraid of a bigger stick. And, you know, I would just love to take your Bible and erase all chapter numbers and verse numbers. I would love to do that. And then tell you to read the story because chapters and verses were added in the 13th century. They're not inspired by the Holy Spirit. They're convenient, and they destroy the story, and they make it easy for you to be just people. Because you could take verses out of context, and you can use them to kill yourself while you look in the mirror. Or if you're trying to feel good about yourself on a bad day, then you take those same verses and you kill somebody else with them. And by the way, when you're reading your Bible, if it's a word to women and you're a man, mind your own business. If it's a word to an adulterer and you're not one, mind your own business. If it's a word to a homosexual and it's not to you, mind your own business, would you? If it's a word to a gossip and it's not you, mind your own business. But if you are a gossip and you read that, he's talking to you. <laughs> if it's a word to man and you're a woman, mind your own business. Okay? If you just approach the word of God like that and let God be your teacher, it'd be a much better life. Because you can't possibly know what God wants to say to somebody else by you measuring them by what you think they are that's not the whole story <laughs> okay there's more to the story than what you think is the story in any case in any case in every case okay so in this one they're lukewarm and they should be hot now it says that they're, they're there's a phrase in here it says that this just people just just people we're just people or oh, just people they're, they're really wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Now, scripturally, there's a book up there called Christ Unveiled. I, it's detailed in that book. Scripturally, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked is a term that if you said that to a Jew, to a Hebrew, to a Jewish person who actually has listened and read the Torah, they would know that that is a disqualified a disqualification from being a priest. You can't be a priest if you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, or naked. It's describing your disqualification. Then, here's the qualification. In the letter, he says, but here's what you need to do. You need to buy some gold refined in fire. You need to buy some gold, and you need to buy some white garments so that you're not naked, and you need to buy some eye salve. And then he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And this is not a born-again scripture. This is for you tomorrow, today. If you open the door, he'll come into you, and he'll dine with you. He'll eat with you, feast with you, you with him. Ah. He'll partner with you in your life. You'll partner with him in his purpose. And you'll buy gold refined in fire. Gold is faith, one of three eternal things. Faithfulness is the testimony of faith. How does it come? How does faith come? Okay, how does that happen? Huh? Come on, how does it happen? Somebody talk to me. How does faith happen in your life? Huh? You can okay listen. You hear him in your heart? Yeah? And something happens? It's not a thing you do? No. Good. It's something that happens. It's a supernatural experience when you hear His voice in your heart, right? Man, we need a lot of that. I need a lot of that. You know, you know why faith works because God's character is always the same. He's great. He's great. There's always faith. The opposite of faith is natural sight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's not fear. That's the opposite of love. Faith works through. Love, faith works through love. So where love isn't, faith doesn't work. Faith is always toward a person, never toward a promise. Because faith works through love. Don't fall in love with a promise, please. That'll disappoint you bad. <laughs> Golly, come on. Pressed flowers are not near as good as the hands that give them. <laughs> Memories are not as good as the one who made them. So hear him. Buy gold refined in fire. Listen, have a lifestyle of, you need to hear him. That gives you identity, identity in his purpose. Okay, second thing, buy garments, white garments so that you're not naked. You know what that is? You know why? That's that's your testimony. And you know why you have such a wonderful testimony? Because he's good. He's good. The one who loves you is good. That's an eternal thing. It's called hope. You can always have faith because God is great. You can always have hope because God is good. Okay? I can have hope because he's good. I'm always going to have hope because he's good. He's not going to change. That's any, one of three eternal things. Okay, Gifts of the Spirit, Temporary. Faith eternal, hope eternal. Okay, so you can have garments. You can be clothed in a testimony that comes from him in partnership with him, and in awe of him. And what's the third thing? He says, get eye sap. so that you're not blind. Okay, what's the third eternal thing? Faith, hope, and love. Thank you very much. Okay, so love. So if I could just have eyes of love, I would see what he sees. You see, when he turns on the evening news, he doesn't get a different set of eyes. When he looks at people who don't know him, he doesn't put on a different pair of glasses. When he looks at unqualified people, he doesn't look at them with any different eyes than he looks with to the qualified. When he looks at, at anyone, he looks with eyes of love. And to be in partnership with him for purpose, I need the eyes of the Father. I need the eyes of the Son. I need the eyes. It was a song that came out prophetically many decades ago here at A Life. You've got the eyes of your Father. Just look in the mirror. You've got the eyes of your father. Okay, remember Lion King. Look a little deeper. Need a little bit of a little bit of uh, Rafiki wisdom here. So, the overcoming promise is he. We sit on a throne with him. We reign in life. Okay. So let me pray, and my activation is I want you to think about. These things this week, Could we team up on somebody just a moment? Just go with somebody and I'm going to pray for us. Just put your kind of stand up, move around, find somebody, and I'm just going to pray. Because Holy Spirit in our life is, the, are, is these fires. You won't remember half of what I said to you. There's a set of notes back there if you want them. There's a find a partner. Okay. Anybody who needs a partner? Come here, Jim. You can come with me. Is anybody who doesn't have a partner? Okay. Everybody got a partner? We need a partner there. Okay. We've got three ladies there. You guys are, are double partners. Chris, do you have a partner? or do we not, not, Okay, we got a partner. Everybody's got a partner? All right. So I'm praying right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that we are the temple of your presence. Thank you that this person I have my hand on right now is a temple of you, Holy Spirit. And thank you that together we're even greater than that because we are members of a greater house than we can be alone. Thank you for those online right now that are also part of this, that we are a temple of Holy Spirit. You, Holy Spirit, are the messenger that is causing us to become a message. And you are changing us inside and out so that we respond like you respond and we act like you in our world we bring life so would you just this person that we're just reaching out to right now just bring the fire of being loved let them know the fire of being loved by you this week just ambush them with the manifest presence of you loving them let their garden be filled with your presence they were born to be loved by you surprise them Give them unexpected glory of your love, how much you love them. If there's anyone that's not feeling your love, let your presence, your love, just walk in their garden. And, God, we just let go of all the weeds and all the stuff that needs to be done. The purpose of the garden is not to work in it. It's to know you. Uh, There's some work to do, but you're the priority, and you'll help us in the work that we need to do. Give us the fire of loving you. This person that we're praying for right now, give give them the fire of loving you. Let them know that your perfect love that casts out all fear, there's no fear of death. Let them love you with sacrifices of love for you. Burn, 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 burn. Fire of love. For you, God, and the fire responding to you. Let that fire come right now to give an internal, what is it? An external constant change of glory. Oh, come on. Heavenly testimonies inside and out of responding to you, Holy Spirit, the fire of response. Burn, 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 burn. Burn in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come in Jesus' name with the fire of being loved, the fire of loving, the fire of response. And now release the fire of giving life to others. Whoever's in their world, oh, come on. They're givers of life. The authority gives. Let the fire of giving life burn, burn. Let me know the fire of giving life to others. And then we have the fire of being life. Come on, the fire of being life, that perfume fire. The fire of just being confessed before you, Father, as a son, a daughter. A fire of being. A life-giving life giving testimony clothed in the works of Christ and sent to be life. And give us the fire. Give this person right now the fire of community. Bless them as a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife. Bless them as a member of your family. Bless them with the fire of your manifest presence in them. That let's family burn, 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 brotherly love, burn in Jesus' name. The fire of this wonderful connection to you as it comes into their life, heaven on earth, the family of God, and give us the fire that right now of of partnership with you. Purpose and destiny. The fire of purpose and destiny that even burns so radically it affects the, the generations beyond them. Come on, now in Jesus' name, burn fire. The fire of partnership with you. The willingness, the ability to open that door and to experience you abiding in them and them abiding in you. Feasting, 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 feasting. Eat, 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 taste and see. Know that He's good. Let the awe of God, the zeal of God, just consume them with purpose and destiny. Burn, burn, burn. Let the lamps of this temple burn in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor? Somewhere he's. Oh, there he is.